Some folks were born with a green thumb, while others seem to put an end to every plant we've ever put our paws on in the past. Nevertheless, a fruitful show awaits as we gather in the garden together gleefully. Grab your spades and hoses as we get into gardens on this week's episode of FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. You got it. Hello, 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 and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI. It's such a pleasure to have you with us on board. The show continues to grow, and that's thanks to you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, for downloading, for rating, for spreading the word. Remember, I don't have a budget. I was going to say I don't have a big budget, un gran presupuesto, but I really don't have any budget for advertising, publicidad. I wish. Oh, man, that would be great. So I have to rely on you guys. Me apoyo en vosotros. So thank you for spreading the word. Thank you for making some noise. And remember, if you guys have any ideas for upcoming episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message. I'm on social media. You can find me anywhere. Or you can just go to my website, albertoalonso.com, and you can send me a message. And some of the greatest topics we've done have been suggestions from our listeners. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's get into gardening today. Today we are going to look at something natural. We'll look at nature. Nature is sustantivo. It's a noun. And natural is the adjective. But either way, it's ch nature, natural, future, statue. Remember those words with T-U, you got to pronounce it like ch-ch-cha. Let's take a look at the intro because, as always, it's chock full of interesting vocabulary. I started by saying some folks were born with a green thumb. And folks is another way of saying people. If you've ever seen the Looney Tunes, at the end, that famous line is, That's all, folks! Eso es todo, amigos. So some folks were born with a green thumb. ¿Qué? Un pulgar verde? But that doesn't make any sense. Well, this just means you're good at taking care of plants. I, for example, do not have a green thumb. I'm in that other category. Those others that seem to put an end, acabar con, every plant we've ever put our paws on. And paws, garras? Yeah, sometimes we say it with humans in a joking way as well. And in the past, es evidentemente en el pasado. Yeah, believe me, I've tried. But for some reason, I'm not good with plants. My father? Oh, man, my father has got a green thumb. He'll take a dying plant and bring it back to life. And then I said, nevertheless. Nevertheless significa no obstante. 
A fruitful show awaits. Nos espera un programa fructífero as we gather in the garden. And to gather is juntarse. And gleefully, you might know this word from the series, glee. Well, gleefully is con alegría. So glee, evidentemente, is alegría. And then we heard a shovel or a spade. Remember, shovels are the bigger ones, and a spade is more that little one that you use in the garden. Well, I didn't want to mix my words up there. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> Did you get it? Let's call a spade a spade. Es las cosas por su nombre. And I also mentioned the word hose. Hose es manguera. So, are you guys ready to get into gardens? Well, let's look at some of the other things we'll need. Some tools. Algunas herramientas. We already said a spade or a shovel to dig our hole. We'll need a hose or at least a watering can because we have to water our plants. And this is a very logical word in English. To water. Aguear? No. <laughs> well, that's to water down. To water something down is to add water. But to water a secas means regar. I love those logical words in English, like ordeñar. Do you know how to say that? We milk a cow. Yeah, lechear. <laughs> All right, let's look at some other garden tools. You might want a rake. I think you say rastrillo, a rake. If you have bushes or hedges, arbustos, well, you might need some hedge trimmers. And to trim is recortar. So trimmers son estas tijeras que recortan. Usually we call these big scissors that they use in the garden, those are called shears. And be careful, they're very sharp and should not be handled by children. There's the father in me coming out. Now, depending on what kind of garden you have, and we're going to look at all the different kinds of gardens out there, But you'll need pots, and pots are the things that you put the plants in, unless you're planting them in the ground. Then you don't need pots. So again, that'll depend on the kind of garden you have. Fertilizer always comes in handy as well. Fertilizante, do you say? Well, it's the stuff, it's that poop, I guess, that makes the different plants, flowers, and herbs grow. Oh, and don't forget about a pair of boots some old clothes, perhaps some gloves, especially if you have a rose garden, because, well, roses, what are they famous for? Oh, yeah, their beautiful smell. But as the group Poison once said, every rose has its thorn. So we can learn the word thorn. And I guess you'll need some sunscreen. Esto es protector solar. And depending on how big your garden is and what kind of garden it is, you might even need a lawnmower. And a lawnmower es un cortafésped. And a weed whacker, I don't know how you say that in Spanish. It's that thing that cuts weeds. And weeds son malas hierbas. Nobody wants weeds in their garden. That's why we weed them out, which no solo es quitar las malas hierbas, pero es descartar lo malo. We are going to weed out 
the weakest applicants. There it is in context. And that's called a weed whacker. I love the name. Umata o umpega malas hierbas. A weed whacker. You know, the thing that goes... I don't know if my sound effects are up to par. Si dan la talla. Before we get into the types of gardens there are, I'd like to look at gardens in history. Now, what's the first garden that comes to mind if I say famous old school gardens? Did you say the Garden of Eden from the Bible with Adam and Eve? You know, the original sin, the forbidden fruit. Oh, and we're going to look at some really good expressions in the bonus episode today. Plus, I'll give you some gardening tips, not from me, but from experts. Plus, I'll tell you about some of the most amazing gardens I have ever visited. And one of them is high on everybody's lists. I'm talking about the Kuchenhof. What? The Kuchenhof? Where's that? Well, that's the one in Holland. It's about a half an hour away from Amsterdam. I'm sure you've seen it. Rows of tulips and every kind of flower under the sun. And don't forget about the windmills, los molinillos. But I'll tell you all about that and so much more in the bonus episode. I just want to remind you guys, every week you can have access to a bonus episode of this show with additional content in English. As I said, we're going to look at over 15 or 20 idiomatic expressions that have to do with gardening and nature. And we're going to look at all of that in the bonus part. Plus, you can have access to tons of PDFs with all the vocabulary. And remember, if you sign up now, you have access to all the material that we have from this day all the way to the first post. So in other words, you will have access to every post on Patreon just by signing up. That's PDFs. And then if you're in our higher levels, you can be in a class with me every week where we review each episode. And what a great group of people we have. I want to send a shout out to all my patrons, especially my super duper students, Javier, Roberto, David, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex and Edgar. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Isa, Paco, Diego, and Carmen. Remember, if you guys want to join our curious community or you just want some more information, go over to patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and join us. We are having so much fun. And as I always tell the students, you guys aren't the only ones learning. So join our exciting English adventure on Patreon. You won't regret it. No te arrepentirás. Now let's get back into the history of gardens. The enclosure of outdoor space probably began around 10,000 BC. So guys, the Garden of Eden was not the first garden by far. And historians say that the first enclosure was a type of barrier. It was used for excluding animals, maybe people who were coming to rob them and take their crops or their flowers. And they said that it began in West Asia and then it spread, sextendio, to South and East Asia and then westward 
hacia el occidente, to Greece and Europe. So, like many things, it originated in the east. And the modern words that we have, garden and yard, are descendants of the old English word jird. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right because I don't speak Old English. But that word means a fence or an enclosure. So the word garden literally means a piece of land that is fenced in. I had no idea. See, I'm learning so much. And then after the emergence of the first civilizations, wealthy citizens, wealthy or well-to-do, adinerados, well, they began creating gardens for aesthetic purposes. Because remember, at first it was they had to feed themselves. We were first hunter-gatherers, but then we learned agriculture. So again, we're going to look at the types. Some gardens are functional and some are purely aesthetic, and others can be both. They found some Egyptian tomb paintings, and remember, it's not tom, that word, it's tomb, and these were from the 16th century BC. And this is the earliest physical evidence of ornamental horticulture. Oh my God, say that five times fast. Ornamental horticulture and landscape design. And landscape, that's an interesting word because landscaping is beautifying your area, your land around your house, making the bushes look nice, planting flowers, It's a big business in the United States. And when I was a kid, in the summers, I used to work in landscaping. And um, I had to quit. Lo tuve que dejar because I have something, or I should say, I have an allergy to something called poison ivy. We have in the United States poison ivy, poison oak, poison sumac, and I don't wish it on my worst enemy. I mean, it is the worst thing that can happen to you. You break out in a rash, sarpullido, that lasts for three weeks, and it itches like crazy. So just a, a word to the wise. If you go to the United States, beware of these poisonous leaves. Another classic garden from history is the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon. Yeah, well, this was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, listed by the Hellenic culture, the Greek culture. And they said this was a remarkable feat of engineering. It wasn't just gardening. It was the way they organized everything and that there were different tiers no, not tears, lágrimas. Tears are like gradas. So I think of a wedding cake. A wedding cake is tiered. Or I think of perhaps also on Patreon. There are different tiers. Diferentes gradas o niveles. And there were trees, shrubs. Shrubs, again, another way to say bushes. Vines. It was very elaborate and gorgeous. And that's why we still talk about the gardens of Babylon today, which are located in present-day Iraq. Now I'd like to take a look at the different types of gardens. And I probably left some out, but I decided to take a look at some of the most common ones that I've seen throughout my life, throughout my experiences. And I guess one of the first ones, and this you call una huerta, which blew my mind when I realized that Calle Huertas was really vegetable garden street or herb.
herb garden. Acuérdate, en inglés puede ser los dos. Si tiene verdura, it's a vegetable garden. Si tiene hierbas, like parsley, oregano, well, that's called an herb garden. Just be careful because the British, they say herb. They pronounce that H. We don't in English. I mean in real English, in American English. So I guess we could put those into one category. Vegetable slash herb gardens. Then you've got flower gardens, right? Those are very common as well. And you can have them dedicated to one kind of flower, like a rose garden or a tulip garden, or maybe orchids are your thing. But flower gardens are gorgeous. They're so colorful. And as far as I'm concerned, the more colors, the better, right? Isn't that what you want? You want to see a kaleidoscope of colors. And don't forget about the smells. Oh, there's nothing like the smell of a fresh garden and fresh cut grass. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. Or the smell of petrichor, which is the smell after it rains. Oh, man, I love those earthy smells. Now, some people don't have a yard or a big piece of property. So they would have an indoor garden or maybe a garden on their terrace or on their balcony. In New York City, you'll see a lot of roof gardens. In La Azotea, you'll see hanging gardens. Again, people have to be creative. When space is a thing, well, then you have to find other ways to plant things using roofs, using the sides of buildings. And even these urban gardens or these community gardens are getting very popular. You know, they're taking these lots, estos descampados, or these, these areas that don't have buildings on them, and they're giving people little plots. I've seen them in New York City, and it's absolutely beautiful to be on 52nd Street sitting in a garden you know, looking at uh, tulips and azaleas. It's absolutely amazing. So those are nice because in the city, I think those are the places where you need gardens, where you need trees the most. And what better way to teach your kids to eat right than to teach them how to grow their own food? I think this could be even more important than algebra. Again, this is just my opinion. Sorry, mathematicians. But let's say one day Carrefour closes its doors, the one by your house. Do you know how to plant and grow your own vegetables? My father does. His family did. But our generation, we've lost that. We're used to just getting Deliveroo. And I think, I believe with all my heart, we've got to go back to that. We've got to learn how to get our own food. Who knows? Now they're always talking about food shortages, escaseces. Hey, it can't hurt. I love the gardens out in Asia as well because you'll find bamboo and all kinds of other plants from all around the world, especially Asia, but they also play with rocks. And these are called rock gardens or Zen gardens where there are waterfalls, little ponds, right? A little pond is como un estanque. And I'm also a big fan of those labyrinth or maze-style gardens as well that you can walk through. It reminds me of like Generalife or these gardens that are almost like pathways, parecen túneles. It's absolutely beautiful what you can do, you know, if you know a little bit about landscaping and gardening. But I'll stop beating around the bush. <laughs> Andar por las ramas? I'll stop beating around the bush, <laughs> arbust? Okay. 
bad joke. Next up, we are going to take a look at some of the most famous vegetables in Spain and when to get them because we are very lucky here. We have a cornucopia of amazing fruits and vegetables. And now we know in a grocery store, in a supermarket, you can get tomatoes all year round. But we know, us as Spaniards, as people who love our fresh fruits and vegetables, and don't ever change, guys. Don't move over to that processed crap. There's nothing like fresh fruits and vegetables. And I have to keep reminding myself of that as well. But today we're going to take a look at some of Spain's classics and when to get them. And just remember, a lot of these are grown in the greenhouses where my father is from. ¿Qué? ¿No son las casas blancas en Andalucía? Yeah, but a greenhouse is un invernadero. Aha. All right, well, let's take a look. We'll start with some artichokes. I hated them when I was a kid. And now I freaking love them. Artichokes. The best time to eat artichokes is from December to May. That's when they are in season. Next up, we've got asparagus. But remember, we've got green asparagus and white asparagus. If green is your thing, then March and April. If white asparagus is your thing, then it's April through June. Hey, we can practice our months as well. Next up, we've got aubergine, as the British call it. We call it eggplant. You say berenjena. The best time to eat those? May through November. There are some that are all year long. Beetroot, for example, or beets, which is remolacha. Carrots, there's another vegetable that you can eat all year long. And they say it's good for your vision. Uh, my vision is 2020, and it's because I eat a lot of carrots. I'm convinced. Well, have you ever seen a bunny wearing glasses? <laughs> okay, okay, bad joke. It's a classic joke from our childhood. Other things that you can get all year round. Shard or Swiss shard. Acelga in Spanish. Garlic which is one of my favorite ingredients, keeps the vampires away. Ajo. Leeks. And leeks, this is an interesting one. Puerros. Onions, same family. Radish and lettuce. So I didn't know that. Those are things that you can eat fresh all year round because they grow in many different conditions. And I love lettuce, but let us move on. <laughs> Okay, I had to do it. I couldn't hold back. Next up, we've got Brussels sprouts. Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but yuck. My wife loves them. Well, the best time to eat those is November to February. Then you've got button mushrooms or white mushrooms, which is September to June. Not to be confused with wild mushrooms, which are generally just in May. Setas. Then you've got cabbage. Que no es cabbage. It's cabbage. Col o repollo, I think you say. And that is from September to June. Cauliflower from October to March. Hey, remember, this is a good way to know all the vegetables you'll find in Spain. Cucumber, that's a big one in Almeria too. A cucumber, pepino. Not to be confused with pepinillo, which is a pickle. But just be careful with the pronunciation. He oído alumnos decir cucumber o algo. It's cucumber. And we have an expression. If somebody's 
as cool as a cucumber, están relajadísimos. He's as cool as a cucumber. But we're going to look at more idiomatic expressions in the bonus episode. Don't forget about your green beans. Judías verdes. Oh, I love those. And the best time to eat those, February to October. Green peppers, March through November, another product from Almería. But if you like red peppers, well, that's September to December. I had no idea. I thought they were in season at the same time. What about peas? Guisantes. Those, the best time to eat those is February to May. And what about Popeye's favorite? Ojo salton, Popeye, right? Popeye, you say. Spinach, no es spinach, it's spinach. The best time to eat that is October to May. And we'll wrap up with a classic, tomatoes. Now, tomatoes, or tomatoes, as the British say, are traditionally best in March through November. However, like many fruits and veg these days, you will find them all year round. We have to wrap up the first part of today's show, but I hope you will continue to grow your English with us in the bonus episode of today's FYI.